great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after Ooh, ran down. Everybody, amazing! I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other fantastic hosts of this show, Nick and Nick. Got the Eagles coming up. We're both going to be at the game. We're bringing our dad to SoFi Stadium for the first time ever. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. You know, as New Jersey boys growing up to becoming Los Angeles men, at least myself, the Eagles week is always, you know, it's always important. A lot of people in our lives are Eagles fans. So this one always sticks out like a sore thumb. Very, very excited. Uh scared all the emotions come rushing to me and people you know my eagles fans are like you know during the regular season we've kind of owned you and i'm like did you forget tyler higby three touchdowns yeah. against your eagles in the 2020 well, season sean mcveigh's one and two against the eagles matthew stafford's four and one against the eagles with 10 touchdowns and one interception so you can go both ways i mean on the mcveigh era you go dougie peterson and now nick sirianni two different completely different matchups. I think this one's going to be really interesting in comparison to the last one. Um, but yeah, Matt, Matt Stafford has a really good record against the Eagles and McVay could get back to 500 where he belongs against the Eagles. But I think the big storyline is Cooper cup. I think Cooper yeah. cup and the way that the Rams is offense before we dig in anything else, we're going to start with Cooper cup. We'll get into Matthew Stafford. We'll get into Jalen hurts, the Eagles offense and defense. And then of course, Nick's picks. And before we get into Cooper cup, I just want to say, first and most importantly, make sure that you guys. Ram it. <laughs> Ram it. Subscribe. Like. Make sure that you're following along for all of our content. Uh, we got some really cool new stuff coming out. I think this episode specifically is going to be really fun in the next few. Um, so follow along for this incredible journey. We appreciate you guys listening. Always. Yeah. Uh, I every time we play that little bumper, like something pops in my head of one comment on our like last couple of videos that were like, keep the bummer as horrible as possible. I love it. And I was like, okay, like, <laughs> sorry, I like it. We're, we're doing what we can with the resources that have been presented to us. Um, okay, so Cooper Cup, this Rams offense, I think this is one of the big graphics that made its way so far on social media. It's a corporate picture. It's the office meme, right? Like, find the difference between these two pictures of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. And it's Sean McVay standing there saying it's the same picture. The Rams' offense is going to be fascinating when you intertwine Cooper Cup. And I think the short intermediate routes, some of the things they could do from the slot, lining Cooper Cup up in the backfield, um, they're going to be incredibly dynamic when Cooper Cup is full speed. I think for the sake of this game, you want to be able to figure out how he best fits into the offense in a limited role, being able to give him limited rep, reps, limited targets, being able to take some of the pressure and target share off of Puka Nakua, and in some instances, use, use him as a decoy. Um, I think if you're game planning for Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, Kyron Williams, and so-and-so, it, it's 
something that you could absolutely throw into the playbook and use as a decoy to eventually give yourself an advantage throughout the life of the game. It's it's the first time really since 28, well, 2020, but then we lost Robert Woods, but like 2018, 2019, where you had three legitimate threats and like every single one of these wide receivers, like you can't pick one and just choose one to target because then the other guy's going to light you up. Um, I mean, maybe they can stick to the run, like, you know, they can like, attack our run game heavily, but it's still Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, and Cooper, Cooper Cup together is going to be the closest we've ever seen to Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks. So it's going to be really exciting. I'm expecting, you know, like both Nakua and, and Cup to like over 100-yard games, honestly. I think it's going to be a lights-out um, offensive showdown. I think you have that opportunity. I think when it comes to the Eagles, the secondary and some of the vacancies, especially the the safeties, the back-end safeties, where you're, you're going to have to take shots. If you're Matthew Stafford, you're going to take shots in this game. You have the most passing yards in the league, your second most passing yards in the league if you're Matthew Stafford. Rams lead the league in pass attempts. Eagles lead the league in rush attempts. So it goes both ways, Nick. So it, it, that fulfills your point that you just made. Um, when it comes to Matthew Stafford, versus Jalen Hurts. I think the conversation is really interesting. Who's the better quarterback right now? I think a lot of people will side with Jalen Hurts. He's second in MVP voting. Jalen Hurts' stats right now, 959 passing yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions, a completion percentage of 67.7. And then he adds another 134 rushing yards, three touchdowns, a fumble, and a QBR of 36.6. So an average of one turnover per game. I think that's going to be a potential advantage, right? If the Rams can generate a turnover, whether it's in the tush push, whether it's Jalen Hurts fumble, strip sack, Aaron Donald not getting one taken away due to a phantom penalty downfield that was taken off of the board, uh, that Darion Kendrick hold that took the Aaron Donald strip sack from Anthony Richardson off the board was just detrimental to the game. That would have totally swayed momentum. So we need one of those in this game. But Nick, just your opinion. Who's the better quarterback right now, Matthew Stafford or Jalen Hurts? All right. Well, Stafford has like, oof, it's like what five interceptions right now. Yeah, here's Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Okay. So five interceptions. I feel like you could, like three of those you can kind of bump on some of his teammates. Um, I I feel like the the average person who's not an Eagles or Rams fan that just watches football on Sunday is going to be like, oh, Jalen Hurts who's in the Super Bowl last year. But I mean, I'm going to give it up to. I'm going to give it up to Stafford. I actually think he's playing better. I mean, he's playing some of his best football right now. He's He has, like, you know, less weapons than Jalen Hurts. And, you know, even when he's getting injured, which he did last game, he's still stepping up in overtime and completing the comeback win. So I think, um, you know, I think he's done more for the Rams. I think if you switch these two quarterbacks and you put Hurts on the, on the Rams, I don't know if they look – as good as as they do. I think if you put Stafford on the Eagles, they're also 4-0. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Oh, I think Jalen Hurts, and obviously there's a Rams bias on this podcast. <laughs> we might, we both, what we are you both, talking we, about? We on the Rams, Rams there's a Rams bias? I don't know about that. Towards Matthew Stafford, but I think the reason that I do, and Jalen Hurts is insanely talented. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the entire league just based on how he approaches the day-to-day, -day, the business He's currently second in odds in the MVP voting, or not the voting rather, but odds. Um, and I just, I have all the confidence in the world that he's eventually going to win a Super Bowl. I think he's that talented as a player, as a person. 
But I feel like Matthew Stafford, Nick, to your point, is definitely doing more with less. Like the way that he manipulates defensive backs with his eyes and then throws receivers open and changes arm angles. He made a throw to the sideline. I'm not sure exactly who shared it. One of the incredible follows on Rams Twitter. I want to say it was Scoot, potentially. But he made a throw where he changed arm angles and he threw the ball to the sideline almost completely sidearm, a throw that a normal human being couldn't make if they squared up their shoulders and crow hopped to the sideline, was an impossible play that he made look insanely easy. So I just think from one snap to the next, Matthew Stafford is capable of making mistakes. From an arm talent perspective, from an overall just smarts perspective, could be Matthew Stafford, but the overall talent perspective, being able to create with your legs and yeah, with your yeah, arm, yeah, Jaylen, it's, it's, Jaylen. it's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it that's is. exactly what I was about to say. I mean, football IQ, uh, just from playing the game so much longer, yeah. um, you know. in He's got 10 in years in the league over yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Um, I, you know, maybe a little less creativity. But, I mean, like, I don't like the Eagles, and I love Jalen Hurts. So, I feel like, what I, you know, I don't want to downplay what I said prior about how I think Matthew Stafford's performing higher right now. I, While I do think that's true, I still think Jalen Hurts is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league right now. But, you know, through four weeks – I'd have to rank Matthew Stafford higher than him. Yeah, well, I mean, it's more, he has more total passing yards. Where would you put him? Less because total because I feel like I, you asked me the question, and now I feel like you're kind of you know playing devil's advocate. Stafford's QBR is higher. Um, I think all, uh, three or four of Stafford's five turnovers are due to his receivers or due to a drop pass, due to Kyron Williams, due to Van Jefferson. Um, so I think if those numbers were inflated, right, and Matthew Stafford had seven touchdowns and one interception and, and no fumbles, I, I think that you'd be – it would be much easier to say that Matthew Stafford is playing better. I think in the context of the Rams' offense, how little they have from a skill player position perspective, you know, heavily utilizing Puka Nakua when you really don't have anything else quite yet outside of Tutu Atwell, outside of Tyler Higby, um, I would give the slight edge to Matthew Stafford, but it's a sliding scale, and – Jalen Hurts would have the advantage in the MVP because they're winning more football games. So it, you could go Stafford, but you, it, our answer is going to be Hurts. It's it's a tough one. That's why I posed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so you're leaning Hurts is what I'm hearing. Sure. Yeah. But in this game, I, I Matthew Stafford could outthrow him. I mean, it, it's going to go back a, and forth. The over-under is 50.5 points. A lot of points are going to be scored in this game. So I think both are going to get theirs. Yeah, I I agree. I think that might be the highest over on the board today as well. And I think overs, when they're set that high this season, have not hit once at all. So, uh, oh, yeah. No, the overs haven't hit once when they're set over 52. So 50 to 52. So should be interesting for sure. Uh, I am uh, – I'm going to be rocking my Stafford jersey, though, my bone Stafford jersey. That was a new birthday gift this year. So As you should be. Yeah. yeah. Have you and figured out who you're going to wear yet? I mean, just the last Donald. Donald, 99. Greatest of all time. Nice. I will also bring the Cooper Cup jersey if he does play, because if that's the case, he's making his season debut. I might have to switch last second to Cooper Cup. We'll get tailgate pictures with you in the 99 jersey, and then in the stadium we'll have Deal. I also have my, my 17 Robert Woods jersey that I made into a Baker Mayfield jersey that I might make into a Puka Nakua jersey. So <laughs> that'll be on the table as well. Genius. And if we decide to buy a Puka Nakua jersey, we'll make sure to buy it in a double XL for, for dad. I'm just and kidding. He's only a single. It's only a single XL. And if we do buy it, we're going to use my SoFi card and then he can <laughs> Venmo me back so I can get all the points. <laughs> there you go. 
while we're on the topic of, of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense, I think, Nick, you made an incredible point in last week's podcast, how you said that we're going to see one offense to the next. They're going to be very similar to one another. Shane Steichen's offensive methodology to Brian Johnson's from a play caller perspective is somewhat similar. Um, yes. The way that they – yeah, I mean, motion, uh, It's a lot of it is – I think Shane Steichen, I think the way that he's able to bring some things to the table from a play designer – standpoint I think is a little bit more impressive and it's the one thing that Eagles fans would probably argue that they're missing a little bit this year but they're insanely talented up front they're always the aggressor up front from an offensive line perspective they lost their starting right guard in Isaac Samalo in the offseason and they had an in-house replacement in Cam Jurgens, who's been starting there for the first four weeks of the season but he may be out this upcoming weekend, but then you got Jason Kelsey still dominating at center. Their left tackle, right tackle combination might be the best in the entire league in Jordan Mylotta and Lane Johnson. And their skill players are as good as it gets. So this is kind of plays into the Matthew Stafford versus Jalen Hurts conversation. DeAndre Swift, Devonta Smith, um, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and then you mix in Quez Watkins and Kenny Gainwell out of the backfield. Outside of those five, you're not going to see a ton of targets anywhere else. But for what it's worth, the Rams' offense – a little bit statistically better. I mentioned that the Rams have more pass attempts, Eagles have more rush attempts, but I truly think the criticism of the Eagles offense right now is they're just not as dynamic, not as creative as they were with Shane Steichen as they are with Brian Johnson right now. They feel like it should focus more on the pass, design runs with Jalen Hurts, generating explosives, and they hardly use any motion. So it's a little bit different from some of the top offenses that you see in the league. The Dolphins use motion at the highest rate. The Rams do also the 49ers, the Eagles use it at one of the lower rates in the league. So it doesn't mean it's not as effective. If you are preserving Jalen hurts for the playoffs, he was hurt at the end of last year. He had the shoulder injury and you yeah, can progress. Early to think about that. Yeah. Right. Some of those, some of those concepts, you can introduce them throughout the season and Brian Johnson gets more comfortable as a play caller with Jalen hurts. He's known Jalen since he was a kid and you might not have as much as the creativity, but you know exactly what Jalen wants to do in certain situations from knowing him for so long. So to me, that gives the advantage from a long-term perspective to Brian Johnson. Um, and this Eagles offense is just impressive as a whole. Yeah. I mean, you know, the defense kept letting Washington crawl back into that game and the offense just kept matching them tit for tat. You know, whenever Washington made a big play, it seemed like the Eagles had something drawn up. And they love their big chunk plays. They love the, you know, let's get Batman down the field, like catching like a deep <laughs> ball. Skinny Batman. Yeah, skinny Batman. There's there's going to be attempts at that. And I think when that is threatening, it's harder to stop the run game. But from what we saw from, you know, our front, particularly with Donald, it's like they have been able to contain the run with a quarterback that can threaten it with his legs. So you're going to give up yardage, obviously, but – it has been very well contained, and I'm happy that we saw Richardson last week because you can't really get the Eagles on a better week after Indianapolis. Then you get to go home. Eagles come to you. You just saw a lot of what they had last year, very similar to what they're bringing this year. And, yep. you, I mean, debatably, what they're showing this year, I mean, I don't even think it's up for debate. Ask an Eagles fan. They don't, they don't look as good as they did last year. So – like you got a taste of what they saw this year. And then now you're kind of playing what they got or last year. And now you're playing what they got this year, but it should, you know, I think, I think it's a really great spot for a trap. Honestly, it feels like the Eagles shouldn't be four now and mm -hmm. the Rams could easily be three and one. So it's tasty. It's absolutely tasty. 
Well, the Eagles defense, and this is where the, you know, the inefficiencies come in and you saw it against the commanders of all teams. When you lose a player like Javon Hargrave, and obviously the Rams now have to face him twice a year in San Francisco and CJ GJ on the defensive side of the ball, you're able to retain Bradbury and Slay and Fletcher Cox and some of the other veteran players on that side of the ball, but their ridiculous front four just continues to bring pressure. It's Josh Sweat um, and Hassan Reddick on the edges, and then Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox in the middle, and then you rotate in a little Jordan Davis and Nolan Smith on the edge, and Catavius Smith and Milton Williams. The list continues to go on and on. This team is impressive from a depth perspective, and their front yeah. four is insanely talented. And Scary. it starts with starts with this guy. Starts with Jalen Carter, the guy that fell to the ninth overall pick that everybody couldn't believe fell all the way to the Eagles. And there's a reason why. I mean, when it comes to pressures, and you're going to see his numbers side by side, Aaron Donald in a second. 20 pressures as a rookie, 16 hurries, 1.5 sacks, two quarterback hits, and two forced fumbles. The guy just wrecks havoc. Yes. He's he's bigger than Aaron Donald. I think when you see the two of them stand next to each other after the game, I think you're going to be a little bit surprised. I mean, this is probably the more stereotypical build of an interior defense alignment. You look at some of the guys who've tortured us in the past, the Jeffrey Simmons of the world. You know, those kind of talented players, interior, uh, that's kind of the, the mold and statue of, of him. So there's a concern. I mean, they're talented. They, this Georgia front, Nick, this was the storyline of the offseason. Yeah, the Georgia Eagles. Look at it. It's the Georgia Eagles. Jalen Carter, the ninth pick of the 2023 overall draft. And then they went Nolan Smith, 30th overall. They went Jordan Davis in 2022, 13th overall. And they went Nicobe Dean, 83rd overall in 2022. So, they're going to be really, really, really tough to go yeah. against. I mean, the, the A and B gap and running the ball consistently inside is going to be tough. Getting around the edges, the outside zone scheme, that's where there's opportunity. This would have been the week where I would have loved to have finally seen them bring on some other running back talent because I, while I have been loving what I've been seeing from Kyron, Kyron Williams, this is, I mean, you know, outside of the 49ers, probably the best – defense we're going to have to see like throughout the entire year. And yeah. we didn't really love what we saw from Kyron then. And it's, you know, it's going to force McVay to get, you know, pass happy again, like he always does. And then that's where some of the wheels start to fall off. So would have loved to seen them just even like a Daryl Henderson call. And I know I brought that up before somebody else that can feel like that they can like kind of rejuvenate the run game outside like Kyron Williams. Like maybe Ronnie it's Ronnie Rivers. Rivers. Yeah, I, maybe yeah. it's Ronnie Rivers. Yeah. I like Ronnie Rivers more almost more than I ever liked Daryl Henderson. I don't I know that that's crazy. Henderson made some big plays, specifically in the Super Bowl, but I think Ronnie Rivers can be a better player for long term. But we'll see. And then I wanted to real quick, Nick, before you say McVay gets pass happy, I just wanted to talk about Aaron Donald real quick and just look at the side-by-side -side comparisons. The Jalen Carter, there's Jalen Carter, 20 pressures. Aaron Donald leads the league in pressures for interior defensive linemen. 22 pressures, 18 hurries, 2.5 sacks, six quarterback hits, and zero force fumbles. Should have had the one against Anthony Richardson. Um, yeah, I don't but, know how you even call that back or what was going on downfield. They didn't even show it. Yeah, I think if either team falls out of balance and falls out of whack and the Rams do end up getting pass happy, it may be because the situation calls for it. I mean, you saw it a little bit too much in Cincinnati. Perhaps you saw a little bit of it too much in Indianapolis, but it felt so much more balanced from week to week. When it comes to their coverage, 20% man coverage, roughly 80% zone coverage, roughly. They play zone defense at a top 10 rate. So Nakua, Cooper Cup, 
We're calling your names. You know exactly yeah, where you is, need to yeah. sit in the zone vacancies. Um, and while in zone, the Eagles rank just 18th in coverage grade, and they've allowed the 10th most yards per coverage snap. Um, they did just sign Bradley Roby, who has three career pick sixes to play the nickel because Avante Maddox is out, and they've had some rotating pieces. Last year it was CJGJ. This year it was Avante Maddox. And then, you know, now it's going to be potentially Bradley Roby. Um, so I, I think some moving pieces for them to the point where you got to take shots. We said it earlier on in the podcast, you're going to get pass happy. It's because they're showing you something from pre-snap, post-snap perspective that's allowing you to feel entitled to take the big shot. To take yeah, and you know Stafford and McVay combined are going to want to take the big shots. If you could have Sam Howell making like big time throws in the fourth quarter against this Eagles secondary, I think if there is a warranted time to be pass happy, it is probably this game. But it's also scary because if that's all we have, that's when, like I said, that's when the wheels fall off. That's when you get two interceptions from Stafford and he starts, you know, getting a little jumpy and. And you have to get the ball out fast, so it's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of our front versus their front, if that's what they're going to do. Because we know McVay's yeah. fast plays, they take a long time to, to develop. Yeah, I, I like the odds that Sidney Brown's still banged up, Justin Evans on the back end still banged up. Take as many shots as you want, and, and if you make if, if you make mistakes, though, be able to scale it back and be able to run the offense the way that it should be run, where yeah. you're consistent and balanced and can run between the tackles. That to me is extraordinarily important. Even being able to mix in the screen game, you know, being able to target Rich, your running backs yeah. as pass catchers, you know, yeah. the, the short yardage targets. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's death by a thousand paper cups and keeps the offense moving in the right direction. Three, yeah. four yards I, seems seems like a little amount, but if you can keep it consistent and consistently pick up th- uh, first downs and third down conversions and red zone attempts, you're, you're going to be in a fine spot. I think there will be a good amount. I, I would love to see the line for Tyler Tyler Higby over on uh, receptions because I think he he's going to get a lot of love as like kind of the short the short down guy. Because um, yeah. that yeah. yeah that that just makes a lot. We also had three touchdowns the last time we played the birds. So I think maybe Higby anytime touchdown score would be a fun little bet. I think us. it absolutely would be. I uh, think for the first time I want to debut the Rams brothers' keys to victory. Um, I think that all of these boxes being checked off would allow for the Rams to get to three and two would allow for them to (laughs) Nick's got a Rams key. It would allow for us to continue moving this season in the right direction and being able to string together wins, build continuity on the offensive line. This would be another really big win for the offensive line and the secondary. Um, you're going against Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and, and, and JSN and Debo or, um, DK and Tyler Lockett, all these talented players from week to week to week. And now Devonta Smith and AJ Brown is the, is the, are the guys that are supposed to break you down. I'm excited about the opportunity for those young kids. So my, our first key to victory is being the aggressor, applying the pain, blitzing at the line of scrimmage winning at the line of scrimmage and flipping the game plan on their head. And that just means that if you're in a situation where you're up seven points, 10 points in the third quarter, and you're looking to string together a couple possessions and string together a couple positive plays, don't be afraid to run the ball, drain out the clock. And the Rams are running a ton of plays on average per game. Um, and it, it just gives you the advantage. Um, you know, 
I think being able to run the ball 35 times, 40 times a game, the way that they did in Seattle, the way that they did it against Indianapolis, that's going to be a way. It really is. If you could figure out a lead, you can generate a turnover and get yourself off to a good start. And then protecting Stafford from yeah, Jalen Carter from the Eagles. Kind, from. kind of number one, in my opinion. He's got yeah. he's got has to stay upright. Has to stay upright. He has the hip injury, obviously. It's just a hip pointer, which is a bruise. But I, I still think like leaving him in naked, you know, not giving him enough protection when he's in empty, taking shots, like you just can't afford for that to happen. And then situational play calling. McVeigh versus Sirianni. To you, who is the better head coach at this point in their career? McVeigh, easily. It has, to, it has to be McVeigh. I mean, when you talk about third down conversion rates, um, the Eagles are allowing a 46.2% conversion rate on third down. It ranks seventh worst. The Rams come in the, into the week with the eighth best, eighth best third down um, conversion percentage at 43.9% of the time. So to me, it's like situational play calling red zone opportunities were both terrible in the red zone. So I think you have to be able to give yourself enough opportunities and then be able to convert on the ones that present themselves. Um, and that's going to be terrible in the red zone without Cooper Cup this year. So that could be a <laughs> huge, you know, addition to our red zone offense. Terrible and specifically defending in the red zone. The Rams and Eagles are both terrible at defending in the red zone. So both teams are going to have opportunities to punch it in, and the difference is going to be who doesn't f it up. Yeah, I'm, and potentially stopping a tush push or the brotherly shove. Brotherly shove. You like which, that more? Which, which turn do you prefer? Non-Eagles fans definitely like uh, Tush Push because it's a little like discriminatory. And then Eagles <laughs> fans are like, no, it's the brotherly shove. Also, I don't think there's – like when you take out Eagles and Rams fandom, I think it, most people will say McVay is a better coach than Sirianni. I mean, yeah. it's Super Bowl, right? It's been to a Super Bowl twice, <laughs> won once. So Sirianni needs some more time. Sirianni you need, need to be able yeah. to – yeah, yeah, you got to compare the same. It's almost not fair, to be honest. Yeah. They have a very similar career. They went to the Super Bowl in their second year as head coach. Yeah, I mean, one guy calls plays, one guy doesn't. So it's it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison at this point in their careers. Yeah. So Sirianni very much involved with the, with the play calling, as he'll like to tell you, though. <laughs> yeah, it goes both ways. Uh, Brian Johnson, Nick Sirianni, who knows who's calling the place could switch up sometimes. Who knows? Um, are we ready though for the best part of the week? Uh, I think we are We're ready for next picks. I think we are too. New, new Nick's picks graphic. Just, just had to play it twice. I was about to ask for it again. I needed to make sure it was real. So, so nice. Had to play it twice. Hey, we're just trying to keep you guys entertained. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's usually my job until Dean takes it upon himself to find a great picture of me to display. <laughs> um, Nick's Picks Week 5. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Nick's Picks. We had a great week last week. We went 3-1-1. One, and one. Had we known Deshaun wasn't starting for the Browns, we probably would have taken that one off the board. But, hey, sometimes injuries happen. Still had a great week regardless. And how about Dean's locks? Puka Nakua first uh, finds the end zone in the most cinematic way possible, a walk-off Dean lock that will be remembered for a long time. We have a theme song coming up, as we always do. Uh, so, producer, mash play on that jam button. And people say we don't know shit. But we're oh, too you... busy winning to listen to those idiots.
Here we come down to the casino. Get the funniest looks from people at the casino. Hey, hey, we're the Rams bros. And people say we don't know shit. But we're too Cut busy it. winning to listen to those idiots. Mm. This is great. Producer's getting fired for messing that one up. Uh, producer has big jobs. <laughs> There's a lot to do. Oh, what I'm happened? Sorry. Is it because I, I we played it as a preview before we recorded the episode that threw off the... Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what uh, happened. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so yeah, we're throwing it back there with that theme song. Last week was for the millennials. This one was for the boomers. Anyway, Dean, what's your lock of the week coming off a red hot lock? I suspect something fantastic. Tyler Higby, anytime touchdown. I mean, we talked about during the episode. I kind of love it. Tyler Higby, anytime sprinkle. All right, let's get started. Shall it? We new Orleans at Patriots. Holy crap. Two teams that look horrendous. More so the Pats and the Saints, but Saints scoring six points at home against the Buccaneers. What time warp did I just Rocky Horror picture myself into? Uh, It's another battle of bad quarterbacks and great defenses. The Patriots D in the red zone last week was shockingly incredible. Even though the Cowboys put up 31 points, it's deceiving. A lot of those were defensive points due to Mac turnovers. I haven't given up on the Belichick way. I like the Patriots here, and the under is screaming at my face. I know it's 40 points. I know it's low, but the final score of this game will most likely be 21-17, maybe less. Pats being a pick at home, sure, give me the Pats. All these games this week feel a little flimsy, so the confidence is low, especially after a good week last week. So we're going to just cut our unit size in half, and we're trying to keep moving forward. Pats pick at home. Do you like the Pats there, Dean? What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's uh, how many losses can that team take? Uh, offensive line is one of the worst I've ever seen. I'm not totally, not totally out on Mac Jones until he's in a new environment. So yeah, me neither. I, I kind of, I feel like somebody has to stick up for Mac Jones. I guess it's me. (laughs) I'll stick up for him too. I mean, he's in a really difficult situation. Hasn't had skill players since he got there. Offensive line is terrible. The coach, I don't know. Is he long in the tooth? It might be time. Yeah, he feels a little like Kincaid rule in the you know in the bad way. <laughs> Bengals at Cardinals. Bengals are minus three in Arizona. Stop it. Stop it right now. Cardinals look like the hungrier team with the better quarterback and the better weapons. Yeah, I said it. Marquise Brown is dominating out there against good defenses. Guys like making incredible catches against the Niners secondary. Who has had it, anyone who has had any Bengal player in fantasy will tell you that the Bengals team is broken. Burrow is injured. None of his targets are getting to the red zone, and their defense is getting torched. They got torched by the Tannehill-led Titans. It doesn't get worse than that. I'm looking at this line, and I'm waiting for it to move all week, and it hasn't moved at all. People want the Bengals to be good, uh, but as a Rams fan last year, I can tell you it's not that easy as just wanting uh, the injuries pile up, and all of a sudden your team's Super Bowl hopes disappear. I think this is a bet that most people see that, like, you know, maybe it's like a naive guy. He just started gambling, and he's looking at it, and he's like, the Bengals are only minus three against the Cardinals? Cardinals are tanking. I'm going to take the, the the Bengals. And Vegas is going to take that guy's money away. I like the Cardinals plus three here. I think they win outright, but we're just going to take the points just in case. I think the score is going to be like 31-20 Cardinals, maybe even like yep. 31-9 Cardinals. I don't 
I I think this is a great spot for Arizona to like win like a great home game, and then they have to come to LA next week, and then we can stomp on them. Yeah, we'll love that. We'll love like an overtime last second victory, really emotional. Goes down to the last second, and then they have to come into Los Angeles. Great. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then moving on, we got Packers at Raiders Monday night, extra rest time for the pack attack. Got to love this bounce back spot for them. I don't think the Packers are a good team, despite what their fans will tell you. Uh, they're not really well coached, and they play their best uh, football when the other team is up heavy and they play these very far back zone defense. They're scrappy, yeah, but they're not a good team in any way. The Raiders, though, aren't even scrappy. They're just bad. It's a dumpster fire on every level. There's not a lot of Raiders fans can hang their hats on. Their best offensive player and their best defensive player are both publicly out on the team saying that they want out. Marcus Peters is liking posts that says fire Josh McDaniels and not to mention their backup is outperforming their starter. And like, we don't even know who's going to start next week. I don't think it matters. I hope it's Jimmy G in favor of the bet. It's just a mess of a franchise that doesn't deserve nice things. I think the Packers are well run. And I like uh, LaFleur over Daniels. Give me Packers money line. Screw the minus one. 21-19 Packers outright. Uh, yeah, I think uh, LaFleur needs a big win coming off of a really tough loss to the Lions where they gave up like 21 points in the first half and we're down that whole game and we're trying to fight back and couldn't. And Jordan Love had a bad late-game interception. Um, yeah, I, I really like that bet. I think that might be my favorite amongst the three you've listed so far because you're right, this week seems like it's a little janky. I, like Every line is like minus one, pick them. It's like so sketch. So you remember what I said, half a unit. So we're going to run it back. Patriots money line. Under 40 in Pats, Saints, Cardinals plus three, Packers money line. Maybe do a full unit on that one. I really like that one as well. And my quick pick, Titans minus one, Indianapolis. Don't ask me for an explanation. That's why it's a quick pick. Can you tell I'm struggling? I mean, that's a, that was tough. It took me a long time to put together five bets I liked this week, but I did it for you guys. <laughs> that was pretty impressive. Um, Titans minus one. Uh, they came off of a good win last week too. So – uh, you know, I like them to string one together. Um, although they're such a coin flip. I'm going to be honest with you. It was a coin flip. I think. Both yeah, it's, it's such a roller coaster. Right. What about a what about a bet in the Rams Eagles game? Uh, we have Dean's locks. Tyler Higby anytime. Tyler Higby anytime. I, cool. I, I, I'm like going to tell my. I'm telling myself now, not to take anything because I don't want to be like double heartbroken if they lost. Maybe I'll do like Kyron Williams anytime touchdown score. Um, if anybody wants a ticket to the Rams game. And sit next to Dean and I. I have an extra ticket, so message me or message the Rams Brothers account. Uh, I can give it to you at a good price, Section 300. It's going to be a good time. Um, come check us out at the tailgate. We're going to tell you where we are day of because we have no pink lot. I think that's the only place you can tailgate. Yeah, pink lot. Rams yeah, Republic. So, yep. We're going to try. Yeah, we're going to try to make it fun. So come check us out, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe. Can I see the Knicks picks thing one more time? Uh, wait, this one? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a hell of a weekend, guys. Make sure that you reach out to the podcast if you're going to the game. We're going to try to say hi as much as much as as many of you as we possibly can. Um, I want to try to meet as many people as we possibly can. Try to say hi to everyone, have a good time, have some drinks, and see a Rams win. Hopefully, a, a Cooper Cup debut also. Yeah, don't get scared away if you see Eagles fans at our tailgate. A lot of our friends are from Philadelphia, so they're going to be there. So it happens. It is, what it is, yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully 60-40 in favor of Rams fans, but that is possibly the best outcome that we could get. Uh, yeah. So, uh-huh. the Rams fans packed the building for Cooper Cup's debut, for a winning record, for an opportunity to beat the NFC champions of last year. It's going to be a hell of a game, and we love you for listening. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Take care. Rams house. Peace. Go Rams. Peace.